let that fool you. She really is delighted to be here today. God bless you. Thank you. Good to have all of you here today. Wonderful. It's just the cold hands. That's it. But otherwise, she's just delighted to be in church today. We welcome all of you uh, today, and uh, it's always an honor to be here and uh, to be uh, in attendance with God's people, and uh, it's always a blessing. Appreciate Brother Aaron taking the service on Wednesday night, and uh, I listened to most of it, and uh, certainly was a, a blessing. Uh, I'm going to uh, just give you a couple of very brief announcements here this morning. I'm not going to be long at all, uh, but I want to take just a little time to acknowledge uh, back uh, a little bit ago, uh, Sister Caitlin Brown, uh, Sister Caitlin Florian's birthday on October 1st, uh, October 2nd and 3rd with David and Sophie Cockman's birthday, and uh, also uh, Jaron and Chanel's birthday, or birthday, their anniversary on the 5th, right? And uh, we appreciate the Browns very much. May God bless you. How many years for the Browns? 20 years. 20 years. Wow, wonderful. And do a special trip and... Uh, we appreciate the Browns very much and all they do. Uh, October 12th, uh, the Walters, Jonathan and Simona Walters anniversary. Uh, do you know how many years it is? Sure, sure. Calculating here. We'll get back to you in just a minute. <laughs> well, we know they're married, right? All right. And uh, Sister Trish, God bless you, is her birthday as well on the 12th. And then uh, Brother Tom. And uh, we certainly do appreciate Brother Tom. Can I ask you how old you are? Yes. Be 77 on your birthday. Wonderful, Brother Tom. We appreciate it. I just want to say this, that uh, a little while ago I had mentioned about Brother Andrew Boy Scout and the unusual uh, situation where they had the drug uh, uh, cartels that got into the village of uh, up in the, where Andrew Boy Scout is. And... Uh, it was just amazing to, to see not only the trouble they were having in that particular village, but also in other villages as well, surrounding villages. And these cartels just kind of moved in and uh, started, in a, in a sense, kind of terrorizing these villages there at Chivac. And uh, it was just just terrible because the, the, the few local law enforcement people there uh, were just not able to handle the pressure that came from these cartels and the influence they were trying to bring in the, in the villages. And you, if, if you've ever been, these villages are isolated. It's not like you can just get in your car and drive down the road because there are no cars and there are no roads. And uh, so in, in, in a village, very often what happens in that village stays in the village. And that is a good thing, but it also has its negative uh, points as well. Well, when I mentioned that, I didn't realize it, but Brother Tom got on the phone the next day to his brother, who is a former senator in the state of Alaska, and alerted him to the situation in Chivac. He got in contact with Brother Andrew Boy Scout, and they're working now step-by-step step, to help alleviate that situation in the village. And they're going to bring in drug dogs there, and it's not only in Chivac, but in other places as well. But, Tom, we sure appreciate that. That's, you know, that's just wonderful. I wouldn't have made that connection, but he immediately did and knows people there. And uh, to me, whatever it is that brings relief and brings, uh, you know, the, the right kind of atmosphere in those villages, uh, that's great. Because God has done a great work in Chivac, and there's a lot of believers that are there proportionally. It's a huge amount of believers in that little village. And, uh, Tom, we appreciate you very much, not only for that, but we appreciate you anyway. And may God bless you. 
October 15th was is going to be Sister Alora's birthday, right? Alora, how old are you going to be on your birthday? Four, three, three years old. God bless you. Uh, that's also the ladies' tea, and uh, if you don't mind, uh, we need to announce that that is coming uh, next Saturday at 2 o'clock. The ladies need to sign up uh, on the food list and the guest list. They're in the library right there, and I've got to take those lists with me there. Uh, we need to have a final count by Wednesday, if you don't mind, so we can prepare uh, and make sure everybody's included. So, if you, ladies, if you haven't done that, uh, make sure you sign up. Uh, the lists are there online or they're in the library, either one, uh, for you to be able to do that uh, today. That will be uh, certainly appreciated. October 23rd, we're putting a lot of planning uh, and a lot of thought into our time on uh, October 23rd. So that is an event you will not want to miss for sure. Uh, so just keep that, that is a Sunday, so we're going to have service, and then we're going to have some fellowship uh, right after the service, so keep that date in mind. Just wanted to show you this, Brother Aaron uh, gave us uh, some of these pictures of a group over there, and this is uh, a church group that are uh, digging in a place where they're going to build a shelter, and they're making mud bricks. You see the pile of mud bricks that are back there? That's not the church, that's the bricks that they're going to use. And they just do this over time until they get enough bricks to make the walls. And so it doesn't cost them very much. They just kind of get in and have fellowship in the, in the pit, making the bricks there. And then uh, we're, we're helping them to be able to put a roof on and finish that off. And these are one of the groups that meet under trees. And so we're just excited to do that. And this, there's several of these projects that are going on uh, at the moment here. And uh, I just wanted to show you that picture. And then uh, these are, uh, I, I sent out a few pictures uh, yesterday, and I'll, I'll give you an update uh, coming up here, but uh, these are sisters that drove 20 kilometers in order to get to that church, uh, and, and this is right on the border of Mozambique and, and uh, Zimbabwe, and it, it's really a beautiful thing to see the country of Mozambique opening up uh, because of, uh, you know, the books and Bibles and the fellowship that they're having. Uh, their brothers from Malawi are going in there regularly with the truck, and they're bringing in materials. They're finding out what the needs are. And uh, now we're getting images here. This country, for about 40 years, has been, in a sense, uh, almost non-existent. They, have, they haven't had any interaction with the outside world because of civil war and strife that is very heavy inside the country. Uh, but now the brothers are, are going in. You remember, uh, most of you will remember Brother Joseph Chikosi, who was here. Uh, and he had a little church on the other side of the border and went over and ministered over there. And that was a little film clip that I had sent out. I was trying to get it for you today here. But uh, it's just a blessing to see now. These, there are thousands of believers in this country and uh, thought they were completely forgotten by the rest of the world. And uh, now we're getting images of them, you know, moving around and uh, attending meetings and special conventions that they're starting to organize and so forth. And uh, this is just a, a great blessing uh, for what's going on. And I only know about one-tenth of what's happening uh, over in that part of the world. But it's really uh, exciting to see that. Now, I'm going to ask you just in a moment here to, uh, to stand with me and read the Scripture. But I, I just wanted to say this this morning that, uh, as a matter of fact, musicians will just, uh, just take your seats there. Thank you. Uh, I want to jump right into this because uh, I have some things in my heart that I want to share. Uh, Sam, good to have you with us today. Always in, enjoy it when Sam comes around. Um, we, uh, we sometimes, 
sometimes I, I will, I shouldn't say we, but I will sometimes feel bad going into a service because the topic or the idea, the, the central thought might be very simple. Uh, but sometimes it's amazing how those simple thoughts will grow and, and they become a help to people uh, as, they, uh, as they begin to think about the things that are preached. Uh, there was a fellow a little while ago who uh, heard a story. He had walked across the U.S., uh, and he did it for uh, a particular cause, and I don't remember what the cause was, but after it was over, he had walked about 5,000 miles. And after he got to the end of the journey, they asked him, they said, what was the hardest part of the, of the journey of you walking from coast to coast? And he said, oh, he said, it's very simple. He said, the hardest thing for me was sand in my shoes. He said, that was the most aggravating and the most difficult thing was sand in my shoes. He said, just those little grains that get in there. And sometimes it would be just one or two. But those little things would really aggravate him and trouble him. And he said, over that, over that issue, he said, I felt more often like quitting than anything else. He said, it wasn't anything else, but it was just those little things. And so sometimes uh, dealing with the little things sometimes can be a big help. Because if we can uh, get around some of these little obstacles that are in the way, it really, it really can help. It can really uh, alleviate the stress. And then so I've been working on this uh, thought and, and uh, wanted to bring it to you because I'm moving towards something in my heart. God's laid on my heart. But uh, then this morning as I was coming down the highway, uh, a brother texted me a quote and uh, just gave it to me. I, I got so excited about this and I sent it out to all kinds of other ministers as well and wishing them God's blessing on the day, which we often do. Uh, and, and this was a statement. Brother Branham said, now, you know, and this will make more sense to you as we go along. He said, you know, there's not none of us, but, but any minister, but what has got God on his heart. But when he looks at the scripture, he just has a little fear. And he says, am I going at this in myself or is this the Holy Spirit here to lead me? Am I going at it in myself or is it the Holy Spirit here to lead me? And he said, remember that seed that's sown, it'll no doubt take hold somewhere. And we want it to be the real, true, unadulterated seed of God that's sown into the people's heart. For someday I must stand in the judgment to give account for what I've said and what I've done in this life along with you. So therefore, my goodness, we want to sow the right thing because we're going to be held accountable for this. And if I be a misleading, then I would be accounted a misleader. And I certainly wouldn't want to do that, certainly not willfully. And that's every minister's desire is to make sure that we sow the right thing, say the right thing, because people are listening. And we don't want to be the cause of saying the wrong thing. And so, therefore, I wanted to uh, approach this subject here this morning with a very simple title, Now I See. And if you will, let's stand just in respect to God's word. Let's take your Bible and let's go to the book of Job and we'll read there. Very seldom do I read out of the book of Job. Uh, but this morning I just wanted to take this title. And if, you'll, if you're a message reader, and I assume and hope you are, uh, this is a text that Brother Branham used in the sermon uh, I have heard but now I see in 1965. And so this is uh, common to a lot of us. And this is at the very end of the book of Job here. And he writes, Job chapter 42 and verse 1, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me which I knew not. And here I beseech thee, and I will speak, and I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Let me read that again. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now 
I perceive. That's what the Hebrew word means there. Now I understand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. Lord, it means so much to us. But Lord, it's a great thing for us to stand here together and read it and to thank you for it. But it's so different, Lord, when you come along and reveal it to us. And so we pray that you, the great revealer, would have your way among us today, Lord, and speak to our hearts. We commit our every need, every sick person. Lord, the needs of the people that are streaming today, all of those different situations, Lord, we commit into your hands with confidence because we believe you are truly the same yesterday, today, and forever. Bless our families, all the families that are represented here today, and we'll give you thanks and praise in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And amen, you may be seated. <clears throat> I was listening to a testimony a little while ago of a brother who was saying that uh, his experience about uh, being raised in, in, a, in the Pentecostal environment, and he said that he had been to all kinds of Pentecostal churches in his years, raised from a youth. And he said all of those years he had attended different places and different uh, Bible studies, different churches. And he said one thing about that was consistent about all of it, he said we were a King James family. And he said we always had the Bible. We knew it. We memorized it. Uh, he said we carried it with us everywhere we went. And he said I was associated with the King James Version Bible. He said all of my days that I can remember. He said even from a young, very young person. But he said the sh- I experienced a real shock. He said when God got a hold of my life and, and somebody came along and presented the message to him. He said I realized I really didn't know very much about this Bible that I thought I knew all kinds of things about. And he, he uh, testified a little bit of that, and he said, I, I, never, I, I never really understood, he said, the depth of the word, the depth of the Bible before. And he said, I never caught, caught the understanding of the love letter that uh, Jesus Christ had written to his bride. And he said, uh, the plan and purpose of God and all the different groups that are in Scripture and uh, identified in Scripture and the, the absoluteness of the Bible itself. He said, I never really understood how absolute it really was. Or he said the real intent behind the words and the real intent that disclosed the mysteries of God. And he said all of those things, a lot of it, uh, he said, were really quite foreign to me. And he said it was such a joy because when I, uh, when I began to study the message and read it, he said I'd go back to the Bible and I'd say, wow, is that really there? Is it said like that? And he would, he would discover that and he realized this was, uh, this was opening up to him, uh, in a great way, in a great, uh, great way that was giving him a light that, uh, he'd never experienced before. And he was so excited about that. And he said that the difference was, he said the entire difference was, is what the Lord was revealing to him. Not just what he knew from his childhood, but what, what uh, the Holy Spirit was revealing to him. It is obviously good and right for you to read the Word. It is obviously good and right for every one of us to memorize it, to read it, to learn it, uh, to be acquainted with it. David said, I've hit it in my heart. That's all a good thing. But that's not the same as the Holy Spirit revealing his Word to you. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Now, uh, we find, if you don't mind, let's, let's take a look here. I want to, uh, I want to just give you a couple of quotations. I'm going to jump around. I don't have many screens here, and that's not my point today. But let me give you a couple of quick statements here. Uh, where uh, Jesus describes, he said, In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, 
that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes, even so, Father, it seemed good in thy sight. Question for you, who's doing the hiding? Who's doing the hiding here? The Father, right? And who's doing the unveiling or the revealing? Same one, right? So this is, this is not even Jesus, uh, the man. This is, uh, this is not the pastor, but this is the Father himself. And Jesus said, you, you're the one who hides those things from the wise and prudent and reveal them unto babes. Now, I've said this to you many times before, and I just want you to keep it in mind, that God does not hide things from us, but he hides things for us. Right? In other words, there is a season for everything to be revealed. And it's got to be revealed in its season because only then does it make sense with the times that you live in. It would not have been beneficial for people in the dark ages to have the revelation of who Malachi 4 really was speaking about. Right? But in our time, that makes a lot of sense. And so God has a way of revealing things in his time and in his season. And when you look back at it, it does make sense the way that God does it. But I will tell you this. It's not your earnestness. It's not your intellect. It's not your ability or your labors that are going to get you a revelation. It is the grace of God given to you by our Heavenly Father. That's exactly how it comes. It doesn't come because you're sitting here, and it doesn't come because you have me as your pastor. Uh, it doesn't come because you've been in church a long time, and you've filled out your uh, card, so you got seniority somehow. Uh, you may have that in terms of the lineup at the next church dinner, but you don't have seniority with God when it comes to Revelation. Right? That's a gift of God and His grace to us. And he says that all things are delivered uh, to, me, uh, to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. Oh, it all depends on him, doesn't it? It all depends on him. And he turned uh, him unto the disciples and said, Privately, blessed are your eyes which see the things that ye see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see these things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear but have not heard them. So this is God's way. It's an immutable way. It's a, it's a way that's without argument uh, that God has designed it so that he would reveal things to whomsoever he will reveal. And there's a lot of people around who are smarter than you. Uh, they've been in church longer than you. They've held the King James Bible a lot longer than you. They might even be morally better than you. But you know what? God sovereignly reveals his word to whomsoever he will. And that's in the mind of God. That's in the purpose of God. Uh, you'll never know the, the Father without revelation. Uh, no matter what takes place, it, it, is, it is truly a gift of God. And that's the only way that it's possible. Now, let's go back here. Uh, in other words, it's not scholarship and it's not anything else. I, I want to uh, give you a little statement here in 1955. Brother Branham said, and I thought, oh God, in there is eternal life to every man or woman that will dare put their trust in it and believe it, eternal life. And he said, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Search the scriptures. Now, I want you to understand that uh, back in that day, uh, the people who followed Jesus and followed Jesus around, there's that's two different categories, right? There are people who followed Jesus because they were called to follow him, and there was people who followed him around. And many of those people that followed him around were only there to see the action, or they were there to try to trip him up. They were trying, they were there to see, wow, wonder what he can do next. I wonder what else he can do. And, uh, you know, they had all kinds of reasons for following him. But there were followers and there were people who followed him around. 
And Brother Branham is saying this, that he's quoting the scripture, search the scriptures for in them uh, you think he have eternal life. Having the scripture was not something new. They had the scriptures, and many of them had understood the scriptures. As a matter of fact, uh, we, we hear that uh, back in that day they could roll the scripture in the scrolls like they do in the synagogues today and take a pin and run it through and, and know every letter that that uh, pin would actually pass through. Now, that's a talent that I don't have. I'm just not a good memorizer at all. But uh, when you think about it, that really is quite an extraordinary thing. So the scriptures are not, having the scripture is not anything new, Right? It's in plain view. You can go into any dentist's office. You can go into any doctor's office. You can go into any uh, hotel room, anywhere at all. And I've been in hotel rooms all around the world. And, and you'll find uh, a lot of times there are Bibles uh, in, in almost every place that you go publicly. They're there. They're in, they're in plain view. But I wonder, do people really see what you see when they look in the Bible? There's a difference. And the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet that we should, if we should be guided then... That we should, if we should be guided then, it's the light that follows the pathway that leads us from victory to victory. Look at this word again now. That we should, this sentence again, that we should, if we should be guided then. If we are to be guided, then how many believe the bride needs guidance? We absolutely do require guidance because none of us really knows the way. Right? And so therefore, if we are to be guided then then it's the light, the Word of God is the light. The Word of God manifested in its season, and God fulfills His Word by bringing it to pass. How many believe that? That we should, if we are guided then, it's the light that follows the pathway, because God's already got a path established, right? God's already got a path that's going from where you are to where you need to be. Somebody say amen. It's the light that follows the pathway, the pathway that leads from victory unto victory. Staying on that pathway is the most important thing. We are tempted to get off that pathway and maybe get on a pathway that looks easier. Sam, when Brother Andy tells you we're almost there, don't believe it. Don't believe it. I'm only joking. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing that God has pathways for every one of us. And every one of us are ordained to make it to a predestinated end if we are the bride of Christ and our name was on the Lamb's Book of Life, right? God's got an ordained pathway. And he said that light follows the pathway that leads from victory unto victory. It'll lead you to the body change. It'll lead you to the marriage supper. It'll lead you to the millennium. It'll lead you all the way till there is no need for leading anymore when we are united with him and sitting with him together in the throne. Now... Again, why I'm against uh, organized religion, Brother Bam says, well, when somebody says, oh, it doesn't mean exactly that. When a man says that, what are we supposed to do? Get away. When a man says that, you get away from him. What, whatever we can do, whatever way we can witness to somebody, maybe give them a book or, you know, uh, give them a link. Uh, today, that's how we would do it. Or, uh, you know, we'd explain to somebody, but when they, when they, when they make a stand, when they make a, a resistance and say, oh, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Uh, when they say that, and they're, they're holding right there, when a man says that, Brother Bram says, you get away from him. God watches over his word, the Bible says, it's wrote the way it should be. It's written the way it should be. And now it's put in such a way to deceive or to make the wise stumble over it. It's so simple, and that's the reason they stumble over it. 
Now, I don't want you to conclude from this that God is actually a deceiver because he's not. All right? And that's not what Brother Branham is saying. But God, Brother Branham is is actually declaring to us that God made himself so obvious and so simple that people will look for God in other ways and they'll try to make it more complicated than what it is. And if they have no eyes to see or ears to hear, they will put something else in place of the revelation of God and come up with a different interpretation. Hey folks, back in Brother Branham's day, there was about a thousand denominations, right? If you listen to him talk. Today, there are 33,000 plus denominations in our world. And the reason that, that exists today is because something's broke. People have been schooled to think that whatever this leader is telling you is okay, whatever that denomination tells you it's okay, whatever that group tells you it's okay, and they have lost the sense of an absolute. That's why you have 33,000 choices when it comes uh, to picking a church, right, in the denominational realm. And I'm not being critical of that. I'm just saying that that exists because there is something broke about the whole thing. They have missed, they have missed the one important thing, that you enjoy, and that is a revelation of Jesus Christ, and not just the literal paid, red words on a page or black words on a page. They, they, listen, a lot of people are carrying the same Bible to church today as you and I are, but there are very few people that have a real revelation of what the Scripture is actually saying. Because a revelation replaces our understanding of things. A re- I said a revelation replaces our understanding of things. There's a lot of people who look at the same Bible you have today and they see three in the Godhead. When I look at it, I say, nope, I only see one. All of this wisdom, Brother Branham said, and things that they can accumulate, yet that birth is from beneath. All the wisdom and things that they can accumulate, yet, but that birth is from beneath. It's from the earth and it's against the Spirit of God. That's the birth from mom and dad, right? That's what he's talking about, your natural birth on the physical earth. He said, the wisdom and things they, uh, they, they, uh, they, that comes from that birth that is from beneath, it's from the earth. And it's, it's contrary to the Spirit of God, because you were born with a nature that's contrary to God. How many believe that? All you people that did really well this week, you don't want to acknowledge that. But i got a little bit of news for you. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you know what? We're all made up of what Brother Bannon described as a handful of dirt. And even between your two ears is a pile of dirt. Now, some people's dirt works better than others, right? Some people can remember things and hide it in the dirt better than others. Uh, but nonetheless, it's all still dirt. And it's you know what? It's going back to dirt. One of these days, it's all going to turn back to dirt. No matter how nicely you dress it and protect it and everything else, it's all going back to dirt because that's what we are. And Brother Manum is giving us a principle here that the wisdom that people can accumulate, he said, it still comes from there. It's a natural thing. I'm so glad. I, I want to say honestly that my, my entrance into the kingdom is not dependent on my brain. It's not dependent on how much I can remember. It's not dependent upon how much I can recite. I'm so glad it's not dependent on that. It's not dependent upon what I intellectually know. Not at all. I've gone back and looked at sermons that I preached here in the church, I mean, three or four years ago, and say, wow, that's really good. And then I realize, I preached that. I completely forgot. Uh, a little while ago, somebody said to me, I went back and looked at a series that you did. If, if I was a boy, if I was a girl in the message, and, and they said, this is really good. You should preach that again. So just out of curiosity, I went back and looked at it, and I thought, this is all right. I have some great ideas in here. 
I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the title and just re-preach this. This is really good. Maybe, maybe some of you wouldn't remember either. I mean, that's, let's be honest. That's why preachers tell their same stories over and over again and look at the people like, let me tell you something you haven't heard, right? And the funny thing is half the people in the, earth, in the church are saying, ha, huh, never heard that before. All this wisdom that they can accumulate, but he said that birth is from beneath, it's from the earth, and it's against the Spirit of God. He said the first birth makes us active here. The first birth makes us active here, human beings here. He said makes us mortal men because of the sin act in the Garden of Eden made when uh, men, men come into the world by a woman. But a man that is born of a woman is of a few days, but a man that's born of Christ is... Eternal. Say it with me. He's eternal. So that's different altogether. That is different. So now, uh, therefore, we want to look in the scripture again now where Jesus said, I'm sorry, we, we have read that. In that hour, uh, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father. This is from the book of Luke. And he says, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes, even so, Father, it seemed good in thy sight. So this is God's design. This is God's way uh, to do this and uh, to purpose this. And all things are delivered of me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the, the Son will reveal him. And he turned unto his disciples, and he said, Blessed are your ears, blessed are your eyes. Now, we find also that Jesus says, now, you gotta think about how, uh, how the disciples must have looked at this. And, you know, they're, they're seeing the miracles and they're seeing the water turn to wine. This is the book of John. Uh, so they're seeing these miracles accumulate. Jesus' name is spreading. Uh, the people who are following after him. Uh, following along, the, the crowd is growing. Uh, there are definite miracles that are being done. And they're looking at this as kind of a normal trajectory of the way you would build a ministry. That At the outset. He has controversy about him because he was supposedly born of the Virgin Mary. And the story about Joseph and Mary followed him as he went through. But nonetheless, you can't argue with these people that they knew in the community that were blind and halt. And uh, they could not see and uh, hear and so forth. And, and there are definite, obvious miracles that are being done. I mean, there were people who would have been there uh, who saw the jugs of water and now they're wine. Or they would have uh, been on the, uh, the, uh, the, the hill of Beatitudes there where Jesus told everybody to sit down. And everyone knows they don't have food. And all of a sudden there's an abundance of food. You gotta think about, you know, what, what the disciples must have been, uh, thinking about when all of this was going on and the normal logical progression of things was happening. And then all of a sudden Jesus says, the Jews strove therefore amongst themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Because Jesus talks about now eating and drinking, eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And verily I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So this is something that doesn't necessarily logically make sense, but it obviously is something that you need to do essentially if you're going to have eternal life. So i got to do it, but it doesn't make sense to me. And he says, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. How many know he was not talking about his physical body? Right? There was something there that they were not really seeing. And he says, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. 
And so this is, this is the kind of thing where uh, Jesus is saying something and the people are hearing that and they're only going to a certain level. They're only seeing to a certain level about what he's really understanding. And I'm grateful that when I read a statement like this, it doesn't stumble me because I get a revelation of what he's actually saying to us here, right? So a person who is, has a revelation is never at the mercy of somebody who has just an understanding of things. Because I will tell you that your intellectual understanding of things will fail up the road. And I'm not being critical. I'm just saying if that's all you have, uh, that will fail. Because somebody will come along and take Bible information and poke a hole in your Bible understanding. And somebody with message information will come along and poke a hole in your message understanding. If that's all that you have is just an understanding of the message. I'm not being critical now. I'm just, I want you to listen now. Because there are things that can be obvious uh, you know, that, that are right there in front of you, even things that you see every day that, that are out there on display, but you never noticed it before. And there's things here that Jesus now begins to say in this turn in his ministry, he begins to say, and all of a sudden there are people leaving them, right? We got groups now, not just individuals, but we got groups here that are walking away. And Jesus then turns to his disciples and says, will you go also? And so this is an unusual thing, an unusual turn, because Jesus is not afraid of losing any one of his, because he stated categorically, no man can pluck them out of my hand. Now, there are, it kind of reminds me of someone once said about the arrow in the FedEx logo. How many of you have seen the FedEx logo? How many knows an arrow in it? How, let's see your hands. How many of you know there's a... Sure. Some of you don't, and you're wondering where I'm going with this. Everybody see the arrow? Huh. This is going to drive you crazy. Because now every time you see a FedEx logo, that's all you see. Right? But the idea is, when they created this, they said that we want, this, we want the image to be that it's the arrow is pointing right. And, and this is the, way that, the, the right way to ship. This is the right way to go. And so that's why they put it there. It's there in intent. But you know what? It's always been there. I didn't create that today. It's always been there. It's amazing that sometimes things can be out there in front of you, and only until somebody points it out do you really see, ah, wow, that's there. It's another part of this whole thing that I never realized was there. So now you know. And the idea of something being on display, but you not knowing a detail about it, is really not a foreign thing, especially to us who read the message. Because God sent us someone to help point out in the scripture things we never saw. Because here they come and ask Brother Branham. They said, well, you know, with these seven seals, is this going to be something new that's outside the book? And Brother Branham says, oh, no. He says, if I go outside the book, that it would be considered a false prophet. And in the seals, if you go along, he, he comes back and he points to, in the scripture, he post quotes to things in the Bible that were speaking of these seals. But you know what? We never saw it. We never saw it was there. But it was there all the time. Are you following me? So Brother Bram, didn't, he didn't come up with uh, things outside the Bible. He didn't have to because God was showing him things here that were meant to be revealed in our time. In our season here. How many have ever, I know all you chocolate lovers like Toblerone. Everybody, how many of you have ever had Toblerone chocolate? Well, how many know that uh, Toblerone is made in the city of Bern, or Bern, I'm not sure actually how you say it. And Bern, in, is it a German word? It's a German word, and that means bear. A bear, like, ah, that kind of a bear. 
Can anybody see the word barren or burn in this logo? Or can anybody see the bear? Now, you people, you, it's not really fair because you people that make objects out of these bricks and stones here <laughs> are going to be very good at this. It was one of the biggest shocks in my ministry. When we renovated the church here and somebody asked me, they said, are you going to move around the bricks? Is that still going to be here? And I said, yeah, but why? And they said, well, we've got all kinds of images in these rocks. And I did a John Harwell impersonation. Really? And then I got these texts that had outlines of shapes and the ships the ship, and all the other things that are here. Now, don't start, because I'm doing this here, all right? Look at the screens. So, in other words, it's there all the time. How many know that Baskin-Robbins has 31 flavors? Right? You know that? I never, I never really knew that. And I never really knew that they put that in their logo. But it's there. Huh. I just got one or two more. What? Mom. I never knew Mom was in here. But they slip mom in here in order to make this uh, 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 in harmony with home cooking. That's the idea. When Dave did this, uh, he wanted people to feel like that this was uh, like home cooking. So they inserted the word mom in there on her collar. Yeah. Yeah, the light goes on. You never, there's things that are out there and you've seen it all the time. You've seen the Wendy's logo, but, uh, you know, it's, it's there. Now I'll tell you something about this. You really don't need to have a revelation of that. You just need somebody to point it out. Right? You know, I mean, you don't need to have some sort of special vision or understanding. You just need somebody to point that out. And now all of a sudden, every time you see the FedEx logo, I got that. I know what that means. Yep. See the arrow going the right way. <clears throat> Brother Branham said that, interestingly enough, about baptism. He said, I admit that it takes a real revelation from the Holy Ghost to see the truth about the Godhead these days when we're in the midst of the perverting of so much scripture. But the prevailing overcoming church is built on revelation so we can expect to reveal, uh, we can expect God to reveal his truth to us. And you actually don't need a revelation on water baptism. It's right there staring you in the face. And so what did Brother Branham simply do? He came along and he, uh, when he uh, got a revelation of, of water baptism, he went against everything that was established in his day and found somebody to baptize him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ according to Acts 2.38 because he said that's, that's biblical. And then he asked the question, did anyone in the scripture ever do anything other than in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? And when you, when you research that question and you ask that question, you realize nobody did anything other than in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there's only one name, right? There's only one name whereby man can be saved. That's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do all things. Anything worth doing is, is worth doing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so sometimes you just need somebody to point out what's there. It's already there, but you just need somebody to point it out. And Brother Man is actually saying you don't need a revelation in this. You just need somebody to point it out to you that here it is in the Bible. And then give them the homework and say, go find me someone who was ever baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, or any other name uh, than what was described there in the New Testament there. And they'll rack their brain and find out it's not there. Because God has, in a sense, God has 
hidden things in very plain view. That's kind of an oxymoron, but he's hidden things in plain view. Uh, and, and, and yet many times people will go right over the top of it because their organization says something else or their uh, system says something different or their mother said something else. Come on, that's true. We were all guilty of that, right? But I will tell you what, the way that, the way I understand the way that God did it, I mean, there are people that hear what their organization say, they hear what the tradition says, or this is the way my family always did it. But when God reveals something, He gives us the truth on it, but He just turns the volume up a little bit louder, so that's all we can hear. We can't hear anything else but that revelation that comes from God. And that revelation is powerful enough to pull you out of where you were, and even cause you to leave your world, your church, your family, everything else. If it doesn't blend with that voice you've heard, and that voice rings loud and clear in the hearts of a believer. In the hearts of a believer, it rings loud and clear. How many of you were Catholics in your past life? You know, before you got here, how many of you were in the Catholic Church? Wow, just me? Sister Jen, God bless you, Sister Jen. How many of you were uh, in a Pentecostal type background before? Yeah, how many of you were in a Baptist background, something like that before? God bless you. And uh, uh, some other Protestant denomination, how many that I haven't mentioned? Sure. You know what? Everybody, everybody but the young people here raised their hand. Everybody but the young people raised their hand. And here's the thing that I want to highlight to you. Here's the thing that I think you need to understand. And that is this. The danger, the danger for a lot of young people today, is simply that they know the message. And I, I'm not being critical, and I don't want you to take this as being critical. I'm here to help you. But the dangerous part about being raised in the message is that you know it so well. And you know what happened in the Garden of Eden. And you know what the Godhead really is about. At least you have a basic understanding of what the Godhead's about. And you know how to be baptized scripturally. And you know about... What, what, uh, you know, God's design was in sending a prophet and sending the message and so forth and the open book. There's all kinds of things that you know that a lot of other uh, Bible readers don't know. And God allowed you to be exposed to that and have a knowledge of those things. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's a good thing, but that is different. And hear me out, hear me out. It's different than having a personal revelation of God's word. Knowing God's word is not the same as having a personal revelation of God's word. Now, I want you to stay with me here now as we look at this. <clears throat> Let me just go, st- uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wanting to focus on these here, but I want you to just pay attention to a couple of scriptures. Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples and said, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now watch what, what they answer. And they said, Some say, Thou art John the Baptist. And some say, Elias. And others say, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. You know what they're doing? They're guessing. They're, they're saying what everybody else is thinking out there. And you know what? They're close, but they're all wrong. And Jesus is not interested in what the prevailing view is. He's not interested in what the prevailing opinion is. He's not interested in what scholars are saying. He's not interested in what the schools are teaching. Not at all. He's interested in, in whether, the, whether or not they've got a personal revelation of the truth here. That's what he's wanting to find out. This is what other people say. 
And Jesus doesn't even acknowledge that. He says unto them, but who do ye say that I am? I want to hear what you have to say. And I want to hear what, 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 what uh, you know here. I want to hear right from your own lips here. I'm not interested in what everybody else is saying. I'm not interested in what the view is because a lot of times if, if uh, a system doesn't know uh, what the truth is, they're not going to look bad. So they're going to substitute things in there to make them unique and to make them sound credible. Isn't that right? I mean, have you ever heard a scholar say, well, you know, I really don't know? Because that would be contrary to what scholars do, right? And so in, in organizations and denominations, and again, I'm not in a critical mood here. I'm just saying that without revelation, they're going to plug things in here to make the picture complete. I mean, the Jews did it back in Jesus' day, right? They had all kinds of oral traditions and all kinds of things that they couldn't wash their hands and they couldn't do this and they had to do this and they had to pay tithe on this and so on and they had to give money to the rabbis and if it was marked as a gift then they couldn't give it to their parents. It didn't matter whether it was contrary to the word because they had no revelation themselves and so they, therefore they completed the picture by plugging in things that were not biblical at all but it made them look like they had credibility in terms of being an organization. Folks, that's why we have 33,000 different uh, organizations today and all kinds of uh, cults and all kinds of other things there. But Jesus is not interested in that. He's not saying, wow, I never knew they thought that. He doesn't acknowledge it at all. He wants to know what they think. And they said, we believe, Simon Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And that lights Jesus up right there on the spot. And he says, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed that unto you, but my father, which is in heaven. So the birth down here didn't tell you that. It's the knowledge that, or the understanding that comes from God. That's what gave you that understanding. That's what gave you that revelation. It had to come from God. And the only way you can get revelation is from above. Right? From the Father. That's the only way you can get revelation. And Jesus even acknowledged that. He said, I thank thee, O Father, that thou hast hidden these things from the wise and prudent, but given it unto babes such as would learn. So God hid it, and God reveals it. Jesus said, you've got it, and I'm going to build a church on that. That's how I'm going to build a church, is exactly that way. Not, not by you going along with what everybody else says, and not by you going along with what the prevailing at, uh, the opinion is. Let me tell you, the criteria today for you to be considered a church, and I believe it will soon be uh, inclusive in the IRS uh, mandate as well. You know, the, man, the, the crucial element for you to be a church today in North America is that you're Trinitarian. That's the key factor. Because if you're not that, you're outside the boundaries of what's considered normal. And so therefore, hey, the problem is we don't fit in anywhere because we're not Trinitarian. We're certainly not oneness. We're closer to the Trinitarians than the oneness. But they're going to have trouble with us because we don't really fit in anywhere. But you know what? The end of that story is really good. Because we're not supposed to fit in anywhere on this earth. We're supposed to fit in in another kingdom, not this one right here. So don't worry. When you, when you come to a place where you don't fit in anywhere, don't worry. Jesus got his eye on you, and we're going to leave here and fit into the place that we belong eternally. But that's what Jesus is acknowledging right here, is that this is the place uh, where the revelation comes. And Peter, you've got it. And I want you to understand, this has to have come from your uh, Heavenly Father. This doesn't come from school. This doesn't come from some. Uh, some sort of a, uh, you know, a seminary education or anything else doesn't come by human instrumentality at all. This absolutely comes from my Father, which is in heaven. Now, let me tell you something. <clears throat> when we have only knowledge of these things, there will be contradictions. 
And that's why websites have been built. And people go around the country and go around the world trying to poke holes in people's understanding if that's all they have is an understanding of this message or of the scripture. And they'll use Bible information or they'll use message information to discredit or mar the picture that you have in your mind if that's all you have. If you've only been raised in a church and been around it and heard the terminology, been to the right camps, uh, you know, you don't have uh, the trappings of the world on you and so forth. And, and a lot of times that's happened because you grew up in a home where the tokens applied. So those kinds of things were not condoned. They were not permitted. They were not allowed in your home. And, and that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. That is a good thing. You are blessed to have been raised in a home where the tokens have been applied. Some of you kids may look at that as bondage. I look at that as the grace of God in your life because you don't have to try to forget the things that I have to try to forget. And the things that I have to, you know, that, that went on in my life and the things that I did, uh, I, I don't have to forget that. I, I, I need to tell you this, that just very briefly here, and I won't uh, uh, prolong this, but I just want to say that uh, I, went, I, I think I told you last Sunday, and here's my memory again, I think I told you at some point in my ministry anyway, uh, that we went to a reunion where my wife's class was having a 40th anniversary reunion. Did I tell you that? I did? All right, and in the, uh, let me, let me add a part here. In the, in the, uh, reunion, they had a table that had 29 pictures on it. Did I tell you that? Okay. Ha. Huh. And, and they had a table over here on the side when you came in, and it had everyone's picture on it. Well, I went over immediately because I wanted to see, because they were all old pictures, black and white. And they were all uh, framed and so forth, setting up on the table. And I thought, oh wow, this is the class. And I went over and I wanted to see my wife's picture. Because if you're there as someone in a, in a, you ever been to a reunion and you, it's not your class? So you don't know anyone there but the person you came with, right? And that's kind of a, you know, and you don't know anybody and you're, half of this uh, event are people that don't know anybody. And if you're lucky, you'll latch on to somebody who wants to talk to you because you have nothing in common with anyone here except your wife, right? So anyway, I found this guy, real nice guy, and I found him. And uh, But anyway, when, when we walked in, I saw the table, and I saw all these pictures that are on the table, and I went over, and I was looking for Sister Becky, and I'm trying to see her on the table there. And then somebody said, my, there's a lot of them, isn't there? And I said, yeah. And they said, these are all the ones that have passed away. And there was 29 people on the, t- on the table, 29 pictures that were on the table. And I thought, whoa, because that's what you're supposed to say in a situation like that. Whoa. 29 people. How big was this class? It wasn't all that big. And 29 of them had passed away. Well, all of a sudden, it clicked with me. I thought, huh, I wonder what happened to my class. Huh. So, I mean, I've had zero contact with my class ever since I graduated, and it was only uh, about 45 of us or so. And I... I began to think about my class, and I thought, wow. So last week, I was, I was thinking, there must be, I mean, I know one guy who's still alive, but I don't know of any others. And so I got online, and I began to search a little bit to see if there was anyone still alive from my class. I remembered a couple of names, because next year, not this year coming up, but in 2024, it'll be our 50th anniversary, 50th anniversary of graduating from 1974. Now, I didn't know this, but 
back in that, in 1974, there was a raging controversy in our school, which I knew nothing about. And I was the school president. And I knew nothing about it. But it was uh, a controversy between the principal, who was a Jesuit, and the teachers about our graduation, about our class. And it was, I don't know what the controversy is. I still don't know. But it, but it went on to the point where the principal said, well, forget the graduation then. Just let them go. And they did. And I, uh, we were the only class in the history of the school whereby when June came and the, and the school was over, I remember they stood there at the door and held the door open for us and said, see you later. And that was it. We walked out. Now, we felt like, thank God, I am free. Now, I was not a Christian, and so I didn't know that song. We sang other songs by Willie Nelson and other ones. So we, we're outside. We're free. You know, throw everything in the garbage bucket, and, you know, we're just excited. But I realized that I needed to have a scholarship. I needed to have a diploma in order to get my scholarship in university. And then I realized, I've got no diploma. I don't have anything. I had to go back to school and get a diploma. And I had to go back and get some other certification from the school. And so I had to go back. Every time I needed something, I had to go back that you would normally get in a graduation. And it was because of this controversy that went on. And uh, there was no gra- every other grade before us and everyone after us had a graduation and a prom and everything. Do you realize I've never been to a prom? That's a great thing. That's a great thing. And, but I've never been to one. Never walked across the stage to receive a, a diploma or anything else in my life. Never have done that. I've always thought, what does that feel like? I, always, I watched every one of my family go across multiple times. And I, I've, never, I've never done that. And, uh, you know, I, uh, that's, just, that's just been the path of life. But I started to think, wow, how many of them are still alive? And I did a search, and I found a very unlikely guy. And this, this guy... Uh, I, I got a hold of him. He's a, he's a well-known banker and investor in Canada. Uh, he's very wealthy and has all kinds of operations and outlets and so on in Canada. He lives in Ontario. And I got a hold of him, and I just sent him an email. I said, hey, this is a blast from your past. I said, but this is me. And I said, I've just reached out and thought about having a 50-year reunion next year and, uh, in 2024. What do you think? And I just signed Barry Coffee, and that was it. And I, I just... I didn't know what would happen. Next morning, he calls me up. And he was so excited to hear from me. And he, uh, he remembered all about our class. He had pictures of our class. He had pictures of our, uh, the elementary years. I bet you're wanting to get your hands on some of those, aren't you? And, uh, I mean, it was just amazing how much he knew and how much he had actually, he still had pictures. He said, I have all those pictures. They're in storage. But he said, I have all of them. And uh, he said, yeah, this fellow's died. This fellow's doing this. And this fellow's doing it. And so it, it wound up being one-third were like successful people and were still married and had families and grandparents and so on. And he happened to have four children and six grandchildren as well. And uh, so he said about a third of the class is like that. He said a third of the class is dead. And a third of the class is still not sober enough really to figure out that they graduated. So... He, he said, it'd be a great idea to have a reunion like that. So he immediately got going, formed a group online, and, you know, had everybody uh, reaching out to everybody and so on. But I said all of that to say this, that, that he had, he said, yeah, he said, I got pictures of you at the army camp that we were at. I said, really? Because <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, you lock the doors. And he said, yeah, he said, I got, I got, he said, I have one here right on my computer. And he sent me a picture. And sure enough, here we were at this camp. Peter went there one time with me up in New Brunswick. And we were at this summer uh, camp for 
uh, Army cadets, and we were there, and I was uh, lieutenant colonel in that, in that group. And here, sure enough, here's my picture. And I thought to myself, just to myself, I said, what else does he have, I wonder? <laughs> Send him to me first, me first, because I don't want anybody in my church to ever see these. Not really. So he says, although I know a bunch of young people who would love to have some of these pictures. He said, I'll dig these out and send them to you. But my point is this, is that you people that are raised in the message, there's blessings that are automatic that a lot of times you would not even realize or appreciate. And I'm not saying that negatively. But you've avoided a whole lot of things and scars that people who were raised in other backgrounds and other situations have experienced that that. I strive to forget things that, and some of you that are from around are nodding your heads, and I, I understand that because it's 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 a situation where uh, you know we went we went through a very different path of life. But God, in His sovereignty, and I say in His grace, chose that you would be raised in a family that really knew nothing but this, knew nothing but maybe this church and and. Uh, you know, a ministry that preaches Malachi 4 and preaches the end time message. And that, that's, a, that's a great thing. I, I, if I were you, I would not look at that as bondage. I would not look at that as, uh, I've been in prison all of these years. You've been allowed to experience things with a purity that most of the world know, doesn't know anything about. And, and with a soberness and with a uh, civility that this world many times doesn't know anything about. And you've been protected, and, and God designed that. God specifically decreed that, that you would live in a home that would, you would have a certain amount of shelter. And, and of course, that's a, that's a great thing, and, and it is a good thing for you to be exposed to what you've been exposed to. And if I were you, I wouldn't be clamoring to get out from underneath that, because when you get out from underneath the token, uh, you're, exposed as, you're as exposed as everyone else is in the world. Remember now, when the, when the end time came in the first exodus and they were all put in their houses and they had the token applied, it didn't matter whether you were a, a regular churchgoer or not, if you were under the token, that's where the safety was. If you were in Rahab's house, that's where the safety was. Because she brought her parents in and everybody else. Because the Bible says all her family came in and they were all speared underneath the token. So when you come out from underneath that, if you're clamoring to get out from underneath that, you're now all of a sudden exposed to things that you may not have expected in life and things you may encounter. And I'm just saying that that is a great thing. However, there is something that I want to say today that uh, there, are, there are things that there are very smart and wily and deceiving ministries out there and people out there who will try to poke a hole in your understanding. If that's all you have is an understanding and a knowledge of things, they'll try to poke a hole in that with message knowledge and with Bible knowledge in order to make you doubt or question the absoluteness of what it is that God's exposed you to. But I will tell you this, that if you have a revelation of something, uh, that can never be destroyed. Look, you may ace the quiz on the message. You may know all the facts and things about the message, but you've got to figure out today, and you need, to, you need to think about this, what foundation am I really on? Am I on a foundation of understanding the message because Brother Barry's taught it so clearly? Or am I on the, on the, on the basis of my parents' faith, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing? But I'm saying this to you, that every one of us need to grow into a place where we have a revelation, and the thing you need to pray for is not a new husband or a new set of shoes or a curly 
early here, you need to be praying for revelation more than anything else because that's the thing that somebody cannot talk out of you. That's the thing that somebody cannot poke holes in. And listen, I don't understand everything that went on. I don't understand everything that happened with the bridge across the Ohio River. I don't understand everything that, that God does and the things that, that happen in this world. But I'll tell you this, I know my God and I know this, that if I'm one of His, He's going to carry me through no matter what it is that we face. No matter what it is that we experience, he's going to carry us through. And I'll say this as well. Somebody who has a revelation realizes that revelation really brings more revelation. And people get stimulated when they get revelation. And if they get another revelation, they'll get stimulated again, even if somebody's preaching from the same text. Because I've read things, I've, I can show you my church age book that I have at home, and uh, when I read it first time, uh, not being a Bible reader, being a Catholic and never having read the Bible uh, in my life, I remember reading the church age book, and I put question marks in the margin because I didn't understand what Brother Bram was talking about. And I didn't understand the Bible verses he was referring to. And I literally took my pen and wrote uh, question marks in the margin of the Bible here. And uh, uh, when, when I, I did that, because I figured, well, I don't understand it, I'll come back to it later on. And then years later, when I read it, church age book again i came to that same place and now i'm thinking why did i have a question mark there i know what he means now you know why because we all grow in grace and in knowledge isn't that right we all grow in the understanding that god brings over time because you got somebody here who says you know what there's an arrow in that fedex symbol you've been looking at it all your life but there's an arrow there and there's some things you don't even need a revelation of but there's some things that we need to show you all right Here's Brother Branham's statement. Now watch this statement. I only got one or two more. And Brother Branham uses the phrase, we got too many canary brains around here. And I always thought, well, it's just a derogatory term. And then I went back and read the quote, like you're supposed to. And listen to what he says. A little canary once sat on his perch, and he said, in this little denomination of ours, I'm one of the smartest of the canaries. I've obtained so much knowledge until I know all about the human being. They're superior to us. And they say, but I know all about it. And just about that time, so this is the bird now that's been taught to say things, and he just parrots it, pardon the pun. He just repeats what he's heard said. Right? He's not a human. But he's saying these phrases here. Uh, I've obtained so much knowledge, and I know all about the human being, and so forth. Brother Bram says, and about that time, he's at one of the world's fairs, somewhere like that. And he says, uh, a professor stepped up and began to speak some great words to the bird. That's funny in itself. And the little canary started batting his eyes and looking. Of course, he didn't know what he was talking about. He didn't know what the professor was talking about. It wasn't that the little canary couldn't see. He had eyes. It wasn't that he couldn't hear because he had ears. But the reason he could not understand, because he had a canary brain, and he couldn't understand human things. Huh. Now, watch what Brother Branham says. Now I think that's the way uh, a lot of our seminary teaching and knowledge, that's too much of a canary brain. Think now what I just said over in the previous page. We can't understand the mysteries of God by knowledge, Because it's only revealed by the Holy Ghost as it will reveal. Do you understand what he's saying? If you're looking at this from a human perspective or an intellectual perspective, you'll only be able to go so far. But when it comes to going further and and moving on in the word, you can only go as far as you know. 
And Brother Bram said there's too much canary brain preaching today. All about what they know about it and come to find out you know nothing. Because how can our little finite minds ever understand the infinite mind of Almighty God? Now let me ask you a question. Who did Brother Branham said? Who did Brother Branham say has the mind of Christ today? But the bride. She knows what he wants done with the word. You know why? Because we have the mind of Christ. When you have the mind of Christ, you're not subject to knowledge and how much you know. You're subject to the revelation of the living God, right? I can't understand it, how we so group ourselves down like that, 33,000 denominations. And the reason people do those things and organize people and have these let out early so we can go see a certain television program, there's only one thing that spells to me. They don't know God. And they're trying to substitute something for the new birth That's what they're bypassing. Does that make sense? You see what he's saying? With a natural birth, they're in tune with their church, but not necessarily with God. So they'll only go so far. But when you are born again, you're in tune with the mind of God. You can go as far as God wants to take you. Right? You're not limited. You're not limited at all to earthly knowledge. You're not limited at all to what I know or don't know at all. If you're born again and you had the mind of Christ, you know what? God's able to reveal things to you to the point where your body won't even be able to stand it. And you'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and taken into another kingdom. And it's not dependent on how much you have up here. Because that's just dirt anyway. God will bring you there because you're predestinated to be there. And he's given you a revelation of who he is. Look, folks, there's a lot of people who can open their books to Malachi chapter 4 and read it. It doesn't mean a thing to them. But when you read it, you read it differently. You know why? Because God, he, he reveals something out of Malachi 4 to the end-time bride that the world knows nothing about. Would you agree? Somebody say amen. Would you agree that that's true? That means something to you. All right, how about Revelation chapter 10? In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, right? When you read that, that rings a bell to you. That's the, hey, hey, that means something to me. That brings something special to me. Because I realize I have a revelation of who that God is. And not only that, I have a revelation that I'm in union with that God. And wherever he is, I will be. And wherever he goes, I will go. And when he leaves this earth, I'll leave this earth with him. I got a revelation of that. Which leads me to this. I need a volunteer. I need a brilliant, a great mind. Independent, charismatic, independently wealthy. Come on up here. All those single sisters now are watching this service today. They're in for a treat. Now, <clears throat> this is, uh, you know, you're familiar with like a hologram or something like that, a, th- a 3D image. There is an image in here. Don't say anything at this particular point. Are you trying to see the image in there? I'm trying, to trying to read my handwriting. <laughs> I'll nudge you, okay, if you miss the word. <clears throat> So what this simply is, and I'm not trying to play games with you here, but there are some things that God has, has put in his word that you need a revelation of, and only a revelation is going to help you here. Okay? Because this is simply two, 
2D images that are laid over on top of one another. But there is a 3D image on the back of that. Here's, folks, don't try. Some of you are trying really hard to see. Don't try at the moment here. You'll go cross-eyed. But there is a third image, a 3D image that's behind here that, uh, I mean, if you see it, you see it. I, I, if, if any of you can get, get a hold of it, that'd be great. You got it, sister? Um, how many of you see the, the 3D image behind this, this image here? All right. <clears throat> now, I know what this image is. I've seen it, okay? And it's not a guess to me, but I know what it is, okay? So you can't convince me it's not there. I can see it. But Levine here, he has knowledge about this because I've given the same image on this piece of paper, but I've put the detail of what's there. So would you read that and tell us what's there? A large shark. So he's got the information. In other words, he knows, uh, he's got the understanding of what that image contains. All right, he's got that. Um, I've, I've got it because I've experienced it. I've seen it myself. Now, you, have you seen it? You can't see it, but you've got the knowledge of it, right? And being as intellectual and as astute as what he is, uh, he's got a a working knowledge of that. Let me ask you this, though. You've got the knowledge of it, right? What color is the fish? Is a shark? You don't know. And there's no other fishes in the image there? No other little fishes following him? You don't see anything in there. But you've got, you got the description. You are right. You've got the description of what's in there. You don't know what color it is? You don't know what kind of shark that it is? Or if there's any other fish in the image at all? Huh. But you've got a knowledge of it. Interesting. But there's more to this picture than what you know. Right? There's more about this picture than what you know. And there's things about it that you cannot tell because you only have a knowledge of it. If he could see the shark, if he could see the real image he would not need to depend on that knowledge that I've written there at all. He would know. And nobody would be able to convince him that it's not there. And he'd know what color it is. He'd know what size it is and whether there's other fish in the, in, the, in the image, right? Do you understand what I just did? There's a lot of people, and I'm not saying this critically, but there's a lot of people who know because they've studied. And they know because they've been around it. But when God wants to move on, you know what? They're limited to what they know. But when you have an experience of seeing that yourself, when you have an experience of, of actually seeing what you're supposed to see, now you're in harmony with what God intended in the first place. And it's only by changing your seeing, really, do you catch what that image is. Uh, you, you, or, or, you know, I think sometimes they can give you glasses, you know, to look, uh, you look at it uh, a certain way. But they say that the only way that you can figure out what's in here is that you uh, look a certain way, let it go out of focus, and it comes back in focus and so on. So your scene's got to be changed. Listen, folks, that's exactly what, uh, and, and forgive me here for drawing the parallel, but that's exactly what we're about. When we pick up our Bible, it's, we see Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
That's not just to say that Jesus is a healer today. That is true. Because you can pick up your Bible and you can know that he was a healer. And if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's going to be a healer today. But when I look at that Hebrews 13 and 8, and I, I think about that, let me tell you, that's, that's not only uh, the physical things that Jesus could do in his day, that, that now he can do the same today. But, but let me say this. I believe that that is also for a believer, someone who enters into the reproach of the word in the same way because they've caught the word manifested for their day. So like, for instance, if Moses, Moses could say, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and for, in other words, God's the same. And he caught the revelation of the word manifested in his day. And he identified with that. And the reproach that came with that. And all the suffering that came with that. Because he, he identified or he recognized who God was in that particular hour. That's a unique category of people that they recognize who God is in a particular hour. And they know that in every age God manifested his word. And there were people ordained to see and understand and enter into that word for their day. Not just that Jesus is a healer. We know that. <clears throat> but you can also know that by reading the Bible. Isn't that true? That Jesus can resurrect from the dead. We know that. We can read that in the book of John. That he raised Lazarus from the dead or the uh, widow of Nain's son. All of those things are there. But let me tell you something. When you catch a revelation of who God is in your particular hour and you're walking in harmony with that, you're saying, hey, I am, I am acknowledging that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this is what believers have done all through the ages is to identify with the word manifested in their hour. You need to think about that. And I will tell you this. <clears throat> I will tell you this. That the thing that you need to pray for more than anything else is for a revelation of God's word. Because that's the thing. That's the thing that settles you more than anything else that God could give you. That's the thing that establishes you more as a member of the body of Christ, more than anything else, when you know you're a part of him. And you know him. And I'm not relying on what the teacher has written here on the, on the picture. Uh, with, with, with Levine here, he could only go so far. He'd only go as far as his knowledge limited, limited him to. But he couldn't go beyond that. Just like the canary. The canary could repeat things, but he couldn't answer a question by the professor. Right? And there's a lot of people can tell you, well, there are Ten Commandments, there are fruits of the Spirit, there are, uh, you know, these things, there's so many uh, church ages, and, and there's, uh, you know, God sent a prophet in the last day. All of those things you can get by looking in the Bible. And I'm, again, I need, to, I need to underscore, I'm not saying that there's anything bad with that, but I'll tell you what, if God wanted us just to know that, then wouldn't that change our bodies and get us out of here? If we, if we had that down pat... And we, we knew all the facts and the information that uh, we're supposed to have. Hey, let me tell you. I would say, let's quit church. Let's just stay home and listen to what Brother Branham said. Listen to it on tapes. and uh, Hearing that and understanding that, if you pass the test, hey, our bodies will be changed and we'll be gone. But that's not the way God's doing it. God is, God is taking a people that know him and walk in the light as he's in the light. And he moves on. He doesn't stay back there where Brother Branham lived. He doesn't stay back there in one particular place. He doesn't want you to just stay. Listen, he doesn't want you to just stay with the tapes. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? He doesn't want you just to stay there. The tapes are wonderful to listen to. I listen to them, and I think you should too. And I think a lot of problems are caused because people don't listen to a lot of what Brother Branham said. Because there's so many other things that are available to listen to today that are really nothing much more than a distraction. 
And I think it's a good thing. If you're going to listen to anything, I think those are good to, to listen to. Or have the, the scripture and so forth on tape or whatever it is. I think those are excellent things to listen to. But God did not stop. When Brother Branham died, God did not stop being God when Brother Branham died. God did not stop dealing with the bride when Brother Branham died. And God never stopped moving when Brother Branham died. I believe that God is still moving. And he's moving with the people that know him and see him and are not just dependent on the letter of the word. They got a revelation of Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you know what? He's moving on. I'm moving on with him. And Brother Branham says in this statement here, he says... Uh, no man knows God, the things of God, save the Spirit of God, and he to whom the Spirit of God reveals him. And we need to call on God for boyfriends or girlfriends? No. We need to call on God for more mission money? No, somebody says. We need to call on God. If you're going to call on God for anything, call on God for revelation. Don't call on Him for a ministry. Don't call on Him for more popularity. Don't call on Him for a bigger church, whatever you do. Don't call on God for anything else, really. And here's a prophet's instruction. Don't call on God for anything other than for revelation more than anything else in the world. There are times when we need healing. There's times when we need an answer. There are times when we need deliverance and all of those things. And uh, hey, listen, those are not bad things to ask God for. But Brother Bram says very often, very often people get misdirected because they assume that, well, if we get more knowledge or we get a bigger ministry, then God will be more pleased or something else. No, God wants to deal with you just like the father dealt with Peter who had the revelation of who Jesus really was. I said God wants to deal with you like he dealt with Peter and gave him the revelation upon which he can build a church and take the church a little higher. God has been taking, how many would agree, God is taking us higher. And no discredit at all to Brother Branham or, or to people that lived in Brother Branham's day. But I believe that God has taken us a little higher in our time, in our understanding of things. I'm not discrediting people who lived in any other age or any other time. But I believe that God has taken us closer to the kingdom than at any other point in history. And it's not because we're smarter than other ages, not at all. But I believe it's because we have a revelation of him, not just a knowledge of him. And the way that God will give you more revelation, the way that God will settle you is very often to take your world apart. Because when, you take, when, you, when your world is taken apart, you pray differently. When your world is coming apart, you read the Bible differently. When your world is coming apart, you'll look, to, you'll look for God, you'll look to God differently. When your intellectual understanding fails then we'll find out what foundation you're built upon. You remember Brother Branham when his wife and daughter died in the hospital that time? You remember? And Brother Branham said it looked like God closed the shutter. Remember that? And he wouldn't listen to his prayers anymore. And Brother Branham said, I was ready. This is his words. He said, I was ready to give in. And then he said, somewhere from down deep, it said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That was his foundation. His foundation was based upon a revelation of the word. And even if I lose him here, they'll come back in the resurrection and I'll see him again one day. And Brother Branham couldn't give in. He couldn't throw it all away because there was something holding him, not him holding on. And if you're holding on, God will allow your world to come apart. And if I've, if I've ruined your day today, and if I've, made, if I've upset your world, uh, you know, by uh, saying the things that I've said here, really, really, you should be glad. 
Because it's better that your world is disrupted here a little bit today. And then you begin to recalibrate and, and seek God in a different way. And your prayer list changes to something this long now to this long. One item on it. Lord, give me revelation here because that's the thing that makes everything make sense. That's the thing that allows all the pieces of the puzzle to come together. That's the thing that helps me know who I am, who you are, where we're going, what we're doing here. It gives me purpose in life. It gives me a reason to live. It gives me, uh, you know, a peace and a joy that the world knows nothing about hey our prayer list goes from this size to this size here when you're in trouble when you're in big trouble your prayer list will go from this size to this size and i'm telling you today for for some of you young people that are here your prayer list needs to be chopped up a little bit and come down to this one priority and you watch what god will do in your life instead of complaining about this and complaining about that and sitting there overstuffed And complaining about this or complaining about that. Because your intellectual faith will, 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 uh, disappoint you sometimes. Let me ask you a question. Have any of you ever made up your mind? Absolutely. This is what I, I've made up my mind. And then you've changed your mind? You thought you had to figure it out and you realize it's not figured out at all? You thought everything made sense and then it doesn't make sense. I'll tell you what, you shouldn't feel bad because my intellectual faith has failed me over this last couple of years. Through these years of the COVID thing. It has messed me up. It has messed up my thinking. I'll be honest with you. Because I had intellectually thought and understood certain things uh, that were happening and that were automatic here. And then I realized a tragedy like that, a, a complication like that, upset things and brought out things that I never had thought of at all. And I thought I had it all figured out. I thought I had you all figured out. And I was wrong. And it shook me. I'm being honest with you. So don't you feel bad if your intellectual understanding is shaken up. God's doing that. He's shaken all of us up. Because you're on assignment here. You're just not placed here. You're on assignment here. You've got certain things to do. You've got certain things to be. You have certain things to become. And if you're thinking a certain way, hey, and, and that's, what, that's what I know. That's what, I, that's what I, I've got to figure it out. That's, that's the plan. And God will say, that ain't the plan. Let me just shake it up for you a little bit. God is a master at shaking up your plan and poking holes in your understanding. And I'll tell you what, it's much better that he does it than the enemy doing it. Because God always does it for your good. God always does it for your spiritual character growth. God does it always for your development, not for your destruction. But when Satan comes along and tries to poke a hole in your uh, in, in your picture, let me tell you, he's doing it to try to cause you to doubt. He's doing it to try to uh, cause you to disbelieve your weapon in the warfare. He's trying to get you to look another way or to step aside or get off the path that God has illuminated for us in this last day. He's a master at it. You're better off letting the Holy Spirit upset your world and saying, Lord, did you just upset my world? And if you did, how should I then think about things? How then should I go at it? And here's Brother Bram's advice. You ought to be praying for revelation. Lord, give me a revelation of what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to be. I realized a long time ago, I'm not supposed to be my boy's best buddy in life. I'm supposed to be their father. <laughs> but you know why? Because that's what I am. It's easy to be uh, best buddies with with your boys because they're your boys, you know, and you do everything together and you, uh, you know, you fish and football and you do everything, you know, together and you have fun and all the rest of it here. But you know what? At the end of the day, even, 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 even if I'm planning my funeral, I'm still their father. And you know what? I should act like their father. Now, by God's grace, 
We're good friends. And I appreciate that. But I'm first their father. Because that's the role God put me in. And I'm not afraid. Pete will tell you. He's, he's my only child today. But he'll tell you. And the boys will tell you. I'm not afraid to get in their face. Get up in their grill. And talk to him like a father sometimes. I don't do it very often, hardly anymore. I did it a whole lot back then. But I'm not afraid to do it anymore because that's the role that God's put me in. I'm saying that to say to you that God's put me in a certain role here. And my role is best served when I fulfill that role. Not what I think you want. Are we okay? You should pray for and seek God for revelation. Above everything else. Because you know what? That's how we're going to get out of here. That's exactly how we're going to get out of here. And my job is to help you get out of here. But to the church, the bride, the rapture is a revelation to her. It's revealed to her. And God's going to continue to reveal himself. Matter of fact, God wants to reveal himself to you even more than you want to have revelation yourself. God is interested in doing that. And we don't want to be just canary brains where uh, even our young people, we don't want to have uh, canary brains so that in church we're amening in the right places or in the camps we're sitting in the right seats and doing the right things. We want to have kids that have a revelation of Christ. And you as parents, you should be praying that your child gets a revelation of Jesus Christ so that whether they're in college, because you're certainly challenged there, your intellect is challenged there when it comes to believing about God. Or, or whether they're on a, a job or in a factory and there's one believer there and 500 people are not believers there. All of a sudden you're challenged in ways that you're not challenged here in church. It's really not a challenge to be a, a believer and act like a believer and dress like a believer here in church. But I will tell you something, when you get out there, you parents, you should make it your mission, you should make it your life's work to pray that God reveals himself. You can't reveal things to them, but you should pray that the revealer reveals himself to them. And if you're an adult here today, you should be saying, God, reveal things to me, and I I, I need to know. And I'll tell you what, when you get a revelation, you're just wishing that the whole world gets the revelation. Because now every time you see the FedEx symbol, all you see is that arrow there. I'll tell you what, when you get a revelation of Jesus Christ, all you can see in life is Jesus Christ. I don't need to push. I shouldn't have to push you to church. I shouldn't have to push you to believe. I shouldn't have to push you uh, to dress a certain way or be excited about the word. I shouldn't have to do that at all. As a matter of fact, I've read my job description. It's not even there. My job is to preach the word, be instant in season, and give the people a full counsel of God. And if you've got a revelation, if you're a child of God, you know what? You'll sit there, even if the text has been preached on a dozen times, you'll sit there and say, I can't wait to see what God's going to show me that I don't know. Because I know that whenever revelation comes, it stimulates me no matter how many times I hear it. I've gone to youth retreat and I've talked about courtship and relationships and everything else. And I've seen some people, when I announce the title, they're like, oh, whoa, whoa. I'm being honest with you. Like, whoa, not again. Isn't there something else we can do here? I, 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 I wasn't born last night. <clears throat> and a lot of kids could probably repeat what I said because I've said it a lot of years. They could probably repeat. If they took good notes, they could probably repeat what I've said in other years. But you know what? God's not afraid to test your revelation. And there's a lot of people who might sit there and know it, but to have a revelation of what God requires, now that's a different thing. 
and to have a revelation of it, it brings you a peace. And you know what? I could have somebody talk on something a dozen times over, 20 times over, 50 times over, because every time I hear God's word, it brings a stimulation to me, and I'm going to learn something every time. As I don't know about you, whenever I read the message, I learn something new every time. No matter how many times I read Christ the mystery God reveal, I'm always learning something that I never saw. I might even have it underlined and realize, whoa, that's fantastic. I never saw that before. And then you get another color and add it over to the top of that. Brother Bram didn't make this process complicated. He didn't make it complicated at all. As a matter of fact, he made it quite simple. <clears throat> I remember one time in the, one of the stories that were told, Charlie Cox told this story as a testimony of his experience with Brother Branham. Charlie Cox was a hunting buddy from down in Kentucky and uh, lived many years. And uh, he was really troubled about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He heard Brother Branham talk about it, and he knew that he knew enough from Brother Branham's teaching that speaking in tongues wasn't the evidence of the Holy Spirit, so he, he wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he was really adamant read his Bible, fasted, never missed a service, prayed continually and asked God uh, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he, just, he was just intent on that. And went in the field, went overnight, went out places, you know, just, just uh, looking to God and wanted to have this baptism of the Holy Spirit as he, as he imagined it would be, as he thought that, that it would be. And one day, Brother Branham just came to Brother Charlie and he just said... <clears throat> Brother Charlie, and, and I want to I say this, that when Brother Charlie did that, when he was alone with God and praying and fasting and seeking God, he said many times, he said that presence would come near to him. And he knew it was the presence of the Holy Spirit. He said it would come and just bathe him. And he, he said, I, I felt that many times. But that didn't fit with what he thought would be the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So one day, Brother Branham just comes to him and he says, Brother Charlie, he says, the next time, he says, I know what you're looking for. And the next time he comes close, he says, just give in to him. That's all you need to do. Just give in to him. Next time his presence draws near, just give in to him. That's all Brother Bram ever said. Brother Bram didn't say, you've got to go to church so many times, you've got to listen to so many tapes, or you've got to uh, be in so many meetings. He didn't say any of that. He just said, whenever he draws near, he says, just give in to that. And let him, let him in. Just let him come close. Brother Charlie Cox said, when I realized that, he said, and I realized he's been near me many times. And he said, it just brought a peace in his life that he never had felt before. A lot of times, we make things more complicated than what we need to make them. And a lot of it is because we, we kind of have it figured out here. What we, this is the way it's got to be. This is the way it's got to come out. And you know what? I believe that God wants to give us more than what we even want ourselves. Job says, I have heard thee. I have heard thee by the hearing of the ear. I said, I've heard many, many times I've heard thee. But he said, now I, now I perceive, now I understand. And I, I, my prayer is this, may God help us to perceive, to understand. Not just to see the literal, you can see the screens and you can see what's written in your Bible and you can see, you can sit there with literal ears and hear what I'm saying. But may we really perceive 
the thing that God wants us to get in our time. If you're not saved, let me tell you, I, I, I believe that's, that's a great place to start. But if you've been saved and walking for a long time, I, I say this and say, Lord, just give me, give me what I need to navigate through this day. Because your mercies are new every day, and I'm going to depend on that. And Lord, show me your way, just one step at a time. I told you this was going to be simple, but Job came to that place where, and that revelation that Job got lasted a long time because it's still in effect. And all the people who knew Job and knew Job's revelation were all buried right around them because whatever he got, I want. Whatever he's got, I want to have it. That's why Abraham, Sarah, and, and Isaac, and all of them were buried right around them there because they, they, knew, they knew that that revelation was absolutely the mind of God. That God was not going to leave people in the grave, but he was going to bring them back, to, back again to life. And Job got that revelation. He said, I've heard, but now I see. And here's Brother Bram coming along in the last day, the last set of sermons that he preaches at, in, in, uh, in Louisiana. And, and he comes along with Invisible Union, and he preaches on, I have heard, but now I see. And here he is in the last day reminding us that it's not just, hey, we, we saw that God sent a prophet, or we saw his grave, or we saw his church, or whatever else. Those are all fine. But God wants you to see more than just the physical things you can open your eyes and see. He wants you to perceive. He wants you to understand. Let's stand to our feet. And, and I'd like, if you don't mind, because the way we came into this faith, the way we came into this body is by revelation, right? And the way we're going to get out of here is also by revelation. And Brother Ram's advice to us is to pray for that and to call on God for revelation more than anything else. And if you don't mind, as Matt, as you play, if, if you don't mind, I'd like to pray, not for you, but I'd like to pray with you that God would give us a greater revelation, that God would give me abundant, abundantly, above all that we could even ask or think, that God would give us revelation Revelation on things we don't know. Because I'll guarantee you there's a lot of things we don't know. There's a lot of things we may not fully understand. But God wants to share those things. God wants to give that. And say, Lord, I believe that revelation comes. Watch the statement up here. No man knows the things of God save the Spirit of God. He whom the Spirit of God reveals it. What's critical is you getting in the Spirit. And then watch God come along and reveal things to you. But we got to get in the spirit, right? we got to get in that right channel with him. I'd like, I'd like you to pray with me here. and just I want you to pray. For, if you got a family, I'd like you to pray for your family. Just say, Lord, reveal things to us. Lord, show us the things that we need, need to know. Show us the, thing, the path that we need to take. Show us, Lord, the next step. Show us, Lord, of your person. Moses just simply got in the cleft of the rock, and he said, I'm not going any farther until I see you. And God said, all right, stand there. He said, I'll show you. I'll pass by, and I'll show you. And sometimes that's just what you need to see. You just need to make sure you reach out and, and see and know. I know you're there. I know you're leading us, and I know you're, you're present. You haven't abandoned us, but you're present. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we're praying today, Lord, together as a body, a body of believers, Lord, that are we are so entirely dependent upon you, Lord, that I, I don't think the world would ever get it. They'd never understand, really, how we feel today. Lord, you've called us into this great faith by 
by revelation. You get you deposited something in us that just opened the word to us, and we couldn't turn away from that. Just like that little eagle couldn't stay in that barnyard anymore, but she had to go, had to go higher. And Lord, I'm praying today that you would grant to us, as individuals, as families, Lord, and as this assembly here, Lord, we're just like, in the same way, dependent upon you like every other assembly on the earth, Lord, and looking to you to help us. And like your prophet said, Lord, I I, want to know, Lord, as I handle the word today, if this is me or is this the spirit that's leading me? And the only way we can know that is to know if it blends with your word. So, Lord, may I, as a, as a spokesman, as a mouthpiece here, Lord, ministry that you've given to me, that, Lord, I might speak the things that are the full counsel of God. Not always, not always trying to be everybody's best friend, Lord, but, but to speak truth, because the truth is the thing that sets us free. And, and Lord, for every one of us here, we're parents and grandparents and teenagers and everybody, Lord, no matter what our station in life is, we are truly dependent upon you. Reveal yourself to us, Lord. Because we can't go any higher unless you show us the real image, unless you show us, Lord, the real truth of things. We'll stay right where we are with our knowledge unless you show us more. And so, Lord, we're, we're desiring to see that kingdom open up. We're desiring, Lord, to see that entrance. We're desiring to see that new body. And one day we shall step into it. Now, I believe, Lord, by faith, Enoch, he walked with you. And, and Lord, eventually you took him because you, you let him know, Lord, you revealed yourself in a way to him that was so powerful that even earth's gravity couldn't hold him back anymore. May that happen among us, Lord. May that happen to us. May that happen in us. And may we recognize that you truly are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, that we are a people, Lord, who have caught the, the mind of God for this hour, Lord. And we're walking as a bride, not just as a church, but as a bride. And walking towards the, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And one day, Lord, we shall enter into that place. One day we shall know. And Lord, you have called us to be a special people, a chosen people that are different, Lord, than every other people on the face of the earth because of your predestinated grace. Lord, may you just come on the scene now, I pray, and just minister to us, minister to our hearts, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, of things that we have failed you on, Lord. Forgive us of things, Lord, that maybe we've gotten wrong and we never really understood. Take apart our intellectual understanding Take apart our mental ability, Lord, and replace it with a revelation, Father. That's our prayer. How we love you, Lord Jesus. And we ask these things in your name and for your glory. We ask these things, Lord, that we might be better citizens of the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart I want to see you Yes, I want to see you So open the eyes of my heart, Lord Open the eyes of my heart I want to see you Yes, I want 
in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing. I want to see you. Sing it again now. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Yes, I want to see you. my heart I want to see you yes I want to see you to see you high and lifted up and shining in the light of your glory pour out your power as we sing, holy, 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 I want to see I want to see More of you, I've had it all, but I want to have more of you. We're going to pray for Sister Karen this morning. Sister Karen's been going through a really difficult time with migraines and uh, has seen the doctor and so forth. And she has requested this morning to come for prayer. And I told her that would be the right thing to do. And so I'm going to ask you to join us together as we pray for Sister Karen. And I'm going to open this wide open. If any of anyone else here needs to have prayer, I'd be certainly glad to pray with you. And uh, anybody needs to come, there's some that are at the altar here, and if anybody needs to come, you're certainly welcome to do that. Just take a little time to worship. Do it. You, other things will happen this afternoon, but while we're here and in this atmosphere, this, this kind of atmosphere, take advantage of it and just enter in and just, just draw, draw water from the wells of salvation this morning. John, if you'd sing for us. More of you. Let's have our deacons come, if you will. Let's uh, lay hands on Sister Karen.
through these thoughts I was reading in the same time I was reading down through the fifth seal and at the very beginning of the seal Brother Branham gives a little he gives two little testimonies of of healing and they're not little at all one of them was a person who had leukemia a little girl had leukemia and Brother Branham said she was in a final stage of leukemia and he said uh, the doctor said that you couldn't feed her anymore by mouth they had to do intravenous and so forth and he said uh, he said, God had put something in my heart, and he said she came to church, and, and uh, he said it was an older couple that instructed this mother and father what they should do and, and uh, come in faith believing and, and so forth. And Brother Brandon prayed for him, and he said, two days later, he said, that girl was asking for a hamburger. She was crying to her parents for a hamburger. And he said, he said now, that's instantaneously, he said, that's on the mark. That's the power of Almighty God to take a bloodstream and cleanse it. He said, and put the new life back in there because your bloodstream is your mortal life. And just, he said, to create new cells and clean out that old one. He said, that's, that's what God, he said, that's perfectly on the mark. And he said, so at the end of this whole process, he said, that girl had a brand new bloodstream. That's the way he says it. She had a brand new bloodstream. And he said, you know why that's, that's the case? He said, when we prayed, there had to be somebody in that room besides human beings. That's what he said. There had to be somebody there besides human beings. And you know what? Natural sight wouldn't tell you that, right? Natural sight's not going to show you that. But by faith, he knew that Christ was right there. He knew that that power was standing right there. And he said, just absolutely change that girl's bloodstream right out. And here she is now standing there, normal. He said, she's in church, friend of my children. And he said, he said, it's just absolutely, there was someone else in that room besides human beings. My goodness, I'd love to have a service every time and you to go out of here and say, you know what? I could see all the members of the church. I could see Brother Barry, but I believe there was one more I couldn't see. I believe he was there. May we strive to, in our home to have that unseen guest. Have, listen, doesn't matter what the world sees. I, I believe that that God still exists today. Do you believe that? This is not just reading the Bible, folks. This is not just, you know, going along with church. Hey, we see something. And, and the only way you can see it is your, your seeing has been changed. And you're looking at something. Wow, I don't need to be told about that. I don't need to be instructed about that. I can see it. And here's Brother Brandon moving in a, in a channel. He's so confident about this. Had to be somebody else there. Because he knew it wasn't him. And he knew it wasn't the people. He said it had to be somebody else there. Oh, to have that kind of confidence, have that kind of faith. That's a wonderful thing. 
God's got it all in control. Sing it now. Let's worship Him this morning. He's got it all in control. And He puts that reassurance deep down in my soul. He's got it all in control. Sing it again now. God's got it all in control. He's got it all in control. Put that reassurance deep down in my soul. He's got it all. Close your eyes. Just sing it as your prayer today now. Thank you, Jesus. He's got it all under control. We believe that, Lord, today. Yes, He does. He's got it all in control. And He puts that reassurance deep down in my soul. He's got it all in control. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that you have that oversight, Lord, and that where believers are gathered, you are right there. Brother Branham acknowledged that, Lord, in that healing testimony. Had to be somebody else besides humans there. Oh, how grateful we are, Lord, that we don't have to depend upon humans we don't have to rely upon our minds and our brains, Lord, but you have given us of your presence, Lord, and you, you draw near to people, Lord, of faith. And now I just ask that you would just minister to us, Lord. I think about all those people that are listening this morning and, and Lord, streaming today. And, uh, Lord, there's, there's several who would just desire to be here and not able, Lord, because of sickness and different things, how the enemy has come against them, not because their desire is wrong, Lord, but because the enemy, maybe sometimes he steps in and whatever he finds a little place. And, Lord, we rebuke that enemy, and we pray in the name of Jesus that you'd bring healing, Lord, to those that need it. And, Father, may you just give comfort, Lord, to those that are maybe discomforted this morning by something they're battling with. But, oh God, I, I just I know that you always have an answer and you always have a way of saying things, Lord, that's better than how we would say it. Lord, speak words of comfort now, we pray. We feel special because we're in your presence, Lord, but we feel humbled also. Because, Lord, when we look at ourselves like Job did, and he said, I see myself and I bore myself. He said, I just... I'd like to fade away. But Lord, we believe you still move and you still move in the hearts of your people. Bless this assembly, Lord, I pray. May we meet this spirit when we come back at your appointed time. In Jesus' lovely name we pray. And Lord, I, I just before we end this, I, I'd just like to ask your blessing upon all of our young people and Lord, our, our kids growing up here, Lord, and what a blessed opportunity they've been given to grow up in this church and under the teachings of the message of the hour and live in homes where the tokens applied. And I, I thank you that, that that is the way it is. 
But Lord, we know also they need to make that other little step. And, and I pray that you would just deal with their hearts. That this would not just be membership in this church, but Lord, that they would say, I know him. I know him. I have seen him. I've seen that. I, I've seen the living God and I know him. Lord, may they pray for that, that experience. May they pray, Lord, for that baptism. Lord, may they just reach out to you for that experience that only you can give. You hit it. You're the one who reveals it. We're depending on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. Somebody would like to come and pray with these young people that are at the altar here. That'd be great. These young girls that are here and young boys that are here. Come on, let's pray for them that are here. Yes, you 
got it all in control. You put that reassurance deep down in my soul. He's got it all in control. Thank you, Jesus. He is On what other 
that all things are If you want to stay and linger, you're certainly welcome to do that, but we'll dismiss this morning and sing, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus, and we'll let you go this morning. May God bless you. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, Give 